Welcome to episode number 36. This is all about the 15 things I learned whilst traveling in Bolivia. You are listening to Solo Women Travel Tribe Podcast with your host, Zena Jones. Learn, inspire, share, and connect with fellow solo women travelers from all over the globe. Hey ladies, welcome back to the podcast. So today I'm talking all about Bolivia, but before I dive in, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of background info on this country. So it is a landlocked country in the middle of South America. Its geography and scenery varies hugely. So you've got the Andes Mountains, so you know the beautiful white snow-capped mountains down to the Amazon jungle. So, and with that, of course, the temperature varies hugely because in the Amazon jungle, it is generally quite warm and it can get quite humid. A few of the things that you will find in Bolivia include the Salt Flats, Copacabana on the edge of Lake Titicaca, not to be confused with Copacabana in Rio in Brazil. You'll also find flamingos. Yes, pretty pink flamingos, glaciers, jungle, snow-capped mountains, and scenery that reminds me very much of home, of New Zealand. La Paz is not the capital, Sucre is, but La Paz is probably the quote-unquote main city, and it is where the government is housed, etc. Alright, so I'm going to dive in. Number one... Crossing the border isn't that hard, but it did feel like something out of a movie. (laughs) So we used the company, and when I say we, this was the last leg of our solo woman travel tribe trip. So there was a group of us who, after the Peru trip, continued on to Bolivia. So that's who I'm referring to when I say we. So we used the company Bolivia Hop, H-O-P, And we took the Bolivia Hop bus from Puno in Peru down to La Paz in Bolivia. And this was actually really lucky because there would have been a real lack of understanding and signage if you were doing this on your own. But with Google Translate and hand gestures, it would easily have been figured out. Once we were checked... I don't know what else to call it, but checked by the Peru side that we met the requirements. We were then sent up a small hill, brackets did feel like a huge hill at the time, (laughs) because of the the altitude and the lack of oxygen in the air. Anyway, so we were sent up this hill and then over into the Bolivian side to line up and have our passports checked and stamped. So it was a pretty simple process and... You know, the bus trip was actually relatively cheap in comparison to flights, so I'd recommend that company if you needed to make that journey. And um, that company, again, was Bolivia Hop. But either way, that border crossing was pretty easy, really. Number two, La Paz City is situated on hills, so it's much like San Francisco, if anyone has been to San Francisco and can relate. However, it is very brown and quite a dirty city. And according to a local guide that we had, 
uh, don't quote me on this, but this is what he said, that there is a tax that you must pay if you choose to paint your house outside of the standard colours. So hence all of the brown, <laughs> but also the hills and the landscape is very brown due to the high altitude and the lack of green vegetation. It can't grow in that, in that high altitude. Number three, the cable car system here in La Paz is amazing, absolutely amazing. It's um, a form of public transport, not just a tourist attraction, and I definitely recommend doing it. The views you will get over the city are, like, spectacular. Number four, dry skin. <laughs> I have never experienced such severe dry skin, and it's not just me. It was every single one of us on this trip. So it's a mixture of the altitude and the cold temperatures, and it leads to, yeah, really, really dry skin. I would suggest if you're coming, come prepared for this. Anywhere at altitude, you could find this problem. So come prepared. Bring things like oils, if possible. So I wish that I had bought coconut oil with me, and I haven't seen it anywhere to be able to buy it yet because I am still, um, yeah, suffering the effects of dry skin. Number five, the the Salt Flats in, oh, I really hope I'm pronouncing this right, Uni or Iuni? So it's spelled U-Y-U-N-I, Uni. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, so the Salt Flats are in this Uni place. And they are the most visited tourist attraction in all of South America, but don't worry, your photos won't have a single person in them. There will not be anyone else in your photos because they span a huge 11,000 square kilometers. Wow, they are huge, absolutely huge. And if you're doing the Salt Flats, which I highly recommend, it was amazing, you will likely also visit the Train Cemetery, which is such a cool place. A salt souvenir village where you learn how they, you know, get the salt out of the, the salt flats and how they process it and right down to packaging it, which is quite interesting as well. And hopefully your guide or driver will be able to locate water for your sunset photos. You need the water to get that magical reflection. It just creates the most amazing photos. Number six. We were warned by many local Peruvian people whilst we were in Peru and local Bolivian people about the food in Uini. So that's where the salt flats are. We were told to stick with packaged and processed foods as much as possible or anything very, very well boiled from a clean restaurant. Our local guide whilst we were at the salt flats also said to us that if we were to eat the street food there, we would end up in hospital for a week. Now, I don't say that to put you off, but just to prepare you. Please be really, really careful. Number seven, winter is cold in Bolivia. In some places, it can get up to minus 20 overnight. Uh, we were there in early July, and it was beautiful sunny days but it could still get bitterly cold even in the sun so the highest it probably got in La Paz was maybe 14 degrees celsius during the day 
at the salt flats, maybe it got up to 10. Um, and then overnight it would have dropped to at least zero, if not below. So be prepared for that, and I definitely advise packing layers, lots of layers. Number eight, in UNE, so where the salt flats are, nothing grows <laughs> except for quinoa and llamas. So you're not going to really see any trees or any greenery, and it's very, very dusty. That again is due to the altitude and the height of, you know, 3,656 meters above sea level is very, very high. It's a lot like a desert. And the actual salt flats themselves, although they're white, they are very, very much like a desert. Um, and on a side note, they look like snow. So when you get out the, like the land cruiser and get out the vehicle, you feel like you're just going to stand on like puffy snow and it's hard. It's like rock hard. It's got the weirdest feeling because it doesn't look, you kind of ex expect salt flats to be salty and like you can just feel the texture and pick it up like kind of sandy. But it's not. It's like rock hard. You can't pick it up. It's very weird. It's hard to describe. Really hard to describe. But highly worth a visit. Number nine. The people in the markets, and often on the streets as well, they don't like having their photos taken or you doing a video. They can consider this to be very rude and disrespectful. And sometimes they think that they can lose their souls if photos are taken of them. I know that sounds odd, but it was a local who was very, very serious who told us that last part. <laughs> so yeah, be mindful of taking photos and just think, you know, if someone came to your country and you were in your home and they started taking pictures of you, how would you feel? So yeah, just maybe be pretty respectful in that, in that manner. Number 10, your dollars, your money goes a lot further here, like a lot further here. So, for example, I could order like a three-course meal with a couple of cocktails for around 10, maybe 15 US dollars, um, sometimes even cheaper, like probably 10 maximum. It is really, really, really cheap here. All right, what was I up to? Um, number 11. So, number 11, don't expect to find familiar chains like Starbucks, McDonald's, KFC, etc., they could possibly be hiding in Santa Cruz, because that is the largest city, but I didn't get to go there. So they, they were nowhere to be seen in Copacabana, La Paz, uh, UNE, the Salt Flats, and all of those surrounding areas. Twelve. <laughs> oh, this one makes me giggle. Hot water often actually means warm water. <laughs> In our La Paz hotel, for example, I ran the water for 20 minutes. I know that's a terrible waste of water, but I ran it for 20 minutes before I got it hot. It started off cold and it gradually warmed up. Some of the others in our group had given up after just five minutes because it was still cold, but the trick was to either have a lukewarm shower, get in and out quick, or leave it running for ages before you got in. Now, on a side note, that was also the case in Peru. Um, hot water was, you know, not always easily found. This is in your hotels, your hostels, your homes. So, yeah, when they say hot water, it can often mean warm water. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. All right, number 13. Dogs are in the streets everywhere. 
Some places have problems with, you know, stray cats. I remember that in, like, Greece and Turkey. There were lots and lots of cats on the streets. But in both Peru and Bolivia, it was dogs. They are not always strays, though. So apparently, as the story goes, that a puppy is a really, really good gift for a child when they're younger. But as the kid grows up, they lose interest. And as, as the puppy grows up, sorry, they lose interest in the puppy. So they give them another one. <laughs> So they keep getting puppies. So most of these dogs are friendly and they seem to have found food, but there were some that were horribly matted, like, you know, like all of their fur is stuck together in big, huge clumps. It was awful and they needed a brush. Um, but as I said, most of them look pretty happy, which is really nice to see. Um, of course, if you choose to pat one of these guys, be really careful. Do wash your hands and cover yourself in hand sanitizer afterwards. Be careful. Number 14. I have to give a huge shout out to Cafe Del Mundo in La Paz. It was amazing. So Cafe D-E-L Del Mundo M-U-N-D-O. And I highly recommend you visit if you're in La Paz. It was a traveler's cafe. So it had different rooms with different areas from parts, you know, different parts of the world, which was really cool. But they also did different sorts of food from across the world. It was amazing. Really, really cool. The Wi-Fi connection was really strong. And the orange juice I had, I had a lot of different things. They were all great. But the orange juice I had was possibly the best I have ever had. I don't know what they did, but the orange juice was amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, and lastly, number 15. I warn you guys, I might go off on a slight tangent here because this is like really sensitive for me at the moment. <laughs> Altitude is higher here in Bolivia in places and it can be harsher. So I'm referring to the places that I visited um in Peru and comparing them to Bolivia. So in Bolivia, it was a lot, lot higher. I visited the main places in Peru, like, you know, Machu Picchu, Cusco, Puno, and all the places in between. But then coming into Bolivia and going to Copacabana, La Paz, and then the salt flats, it is all higher, higher, higher again. So I struggled with this big time that is the altitude sickness. So I thought after my time in Peru that I had adjusted and then I was just suffering the usual headache, the running nose, the blocked nose, the lack of breath, etc. I thought I just kind of had that left in my system. But I didn't realize it could get worse <laughs> and that I should have probably descended sooner. Um, hard lesson to learn. So some of the new issues I faced included blood noses, blowing a lot of blood out of my nose. Sleeping terribly, like just real lack of sleep. Waking up, trying to gasp for air. And you go to sleep and your nose blocks and you start trying to breathe through your mouth, but then you just can't seem to get enough air. There was more vomiting and diarrhea, but this time the diarrhea stayed and I ended up in bed really, really sick. Even after I have descended, so I'm now in Buenos Aires recording this, I have been here... I think coming up five days, and I am still readjusting. I'm still not back to my normal self. Um, I'm slowly coming right, but I have to say it's been a really, really tough road. So just prepare yourself for the altitude as much as you possibly can. 
All right. <laughs> and lastly, for me, I wanted to say this, not to put you off, but because it's um, it's truly how I feel. It was an experience. Both Peru and Bolivia, they were an experience, not a holiday, an experience. And I am so glad that I went and I have learned a lot about myself, of course, about altitude, but also about traveling in the process. So it has been amazing. Lots of lessons learned. Bolivia definitely has a lot to offer and it is definitely well worth a visit whilst in South America. All right, my loves, until next week, I wish you all safe and happy travels wherever you are in the world. Huge love to you all and I will speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope today's episode has been helpful for you. If you would like to ask me any questions or give any feedback or comments, pop on over to Solo Woman Travel Tribe. I would love to hear from you guys and connect. Now, if you want to get your hands on my copy of the top five things you need to know as a solo woman traveler, it's not what you think, then head on over to www.solowomantraveltribe.com forward slash download. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are not already a member of our Solo Woman Travel Tribe, then please come and check us out at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Solo Woman Travel Tribe. Thanks again, and I hope to see you over in the group.